Hey, I'm Kat Chaos. And I'm Liz Gomez, also known as Hazy. And you're listening to Scary, Scary Encounters, Encounters with Hazy Chaos. Chaos, a podcast where we talk to some of our favorite bands and artists as they share scary encounters they've experienced and live to tell. All right, guys, so I know I've said in the past that no one at my work knows who I am or what I do, but I guess that's a lie today because we have someone here who is my coworker, and it's not Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I told I told Liz, I was like, um, my coworker wants to come through. She has some encounters and she's like, um, is it Tanya? And I was like, no. And she was, I was like, well, she must be fucking cool for yeah. her to be able to come over yeah. because Kat does not break character yeah. ever. I don't break character. I don't fuck with nobody at work. Everybody knows that. But we have Yvonne here today who, ooh, ooh. yes, who yeah. actually, <laughs> who actually, um, took over for Tanya because Tanya went on maternity leave. Congratulations, Tanya. Baby yes. River. Such a cutie. But when Tanya left, um, Yvonne took over just for, you know, while she's gone. And she ended up being one of us. Go one, of one of us. <laughs> one of <laughs> us. That's right. No, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, we, we've we had an hour or an and a half, whatever, yeah. to like hang out. And I was like, oh, okay. We she's, vibe. She's cool. <laughs> I was we, like, okay. I'll let's her. do this. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, thanks for joining us, dude. Um, it's it's out of my element, but I feel pretty comfortable. Yeah. All right. As do I. You good? Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, you guys, she walked up. She walked up with a fucking Christmas sweater on. And it has Jesus on it. I think breakdancing <laughs> or something. Yes. It and says, it lights Go up. Jesus. It's your birthday. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to need to post one of those uh-huh. pictures for, to, yeah. for everybody to see. <laughs> I was like, okay, girl, get up in here. <laughs> with a bottle of vodka, though. Fuck yeah. <laughs> That's when I knew. It was pretty cool. So anyways, Yvonne, tell us, um, you are a musician, correct? Correct. That's yes. right. Yes. What do you play? Well, at what three, don't I started. You play? <laughs> <laughs> at three, I started playing the cello. Wait, wait, wait. Tell us why you wanted to start playing the cello. Great because idea. <laughs> <laughs> what inspired music, you? What inspired you? The music teacher showed me all the instruments. And he was sitting there like, we have this instrument, that instrument. And he told me that the bow of the cello was made out of human skin. (laughs) So I said, all right, cool. I want to learn that one because someone had to die for me to learn how to play it. Dang. (laughs) At three years old. I don't know. I got a Hannibal Lecter vibe right there. First of all. (laughs) First of all. No, I was actually saying how fucking poetic that was. That is pretty poetic. Somebody had to die for me to fucking play the shit out of this cello. 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 (laughs) (laughs) All right. What else do you play? I started playing that at three. Mm. In junior high, um, I started playing the sax. I started with the alto sax Mm -hmm. because that's the smallest one. And uh, I got kicked out of band pretty quickly. <laughs> uh oh! Tell us why. Oh no! Okay. Or not? She's okay. <laughs> so uh, behind me was the trombones, and this stupid fucker that played the trombone kept on poking me in the butt. Oh with no! What he called his tromboner. Oh. And he would play and so poke mature. me in the butt with it and oh. say, "Oh ha ha ha! I poked you with my tromboner." <laughs> and I told him, "Do that again." And I'm going to slap you across the face with my saxophone. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't do it. Again, hits me in the butt with his tromboner. (laughs) And ha, 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 him and his friends are laughing or whatever. And I told him, that's strike two. Third time, hits me in the butt with his tromboner. (laughs) So I kept my word. Because, you know, a man is only as good as their word. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) And uh, I turn around. I I took my alto sax off its little 
hook strap. Little harness. Yep. Yeah. Slapped him across the face. <laughs> there was blood and all. Oh, my. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Oh my, oh my god. Wait, wait, Band teacher was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it needed one of those. Yeah, that was very much needed. Damn. There was Fuck blood. Yeah. Yep. I he still it. has scars to oh, this day. Shit. And they make me so happy. I'm the way. And so after that I wasn't allowed back into band that's fucking bullshit did you weren't you weren't allowed but he was fucking bullshit so after that um i was raised by my grandparents primarily so my uh grandfather was part of the vfw and they had a jazz band nice so i played in jazz band with all these old fuckers i think the youngest one was like 70 oh shit (laughs) wow that's pretty cool in you know because they were a lot older they had a lot of experience so there i learned how to play the saxophone i learned how to play the berry nice you know i learned a lot and stuff through there but the whole reason why i chose the saxophone was because uh i don't know if you heard of a band called earth wind and fire hell yeah bitch <laughs> Who? You don't, oh, I'm all, oh hell no you too young girl <laughs> so my dream was to learn how to play the saxophone super badass so that one day i could tour with earth wind and fire fuck yeah <laughs> fuck yeah dude. yeah it didn't happen but oh, i man. learned how to play the sax that's dope dude i bet you play that shit rolled up though yeah, yeah i was like totally into it like i learned how to read music which was really cool yeah. you know fuck yeah and um learned my scales and after that um because they didn't really have YouTube back then or internet because I'm a little old. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> I would go to the library. Hold on. I remember the library too. So, but yeah, I would uh, go to the library. I would look up different like songs or whatever, read the music and I would check it out, take it home and uh, learn how to play a bunch of different songs. Eventually I got into the drums um, that oh. was like my little emo angry phase mm-hmm. where I was like, fuck the world for the world is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, with my 18 hole docks and shit. Oh, small yeah. <laughs> I got those in my closet right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I swear to God. Yep. And then, so I was playing, you know, the drums for a while and stuff. Um, I was in a band called Ska Yeah. Because I was the only one that knew how to play the sax. Fuck yeah. I got kicked out of that real quick. I oh, mean, shit. Yeah. Oh, why? <laughs> Conflicting ideas. Oh, that happens. Yeah. It was a ska band, it's, obviously, right? It's really common, it, actually. Yeah, it was a ska band, but um, they didn't, they played more funk than ska, and they didn't understand the difference. And I was trying to tell them, oh, if you no. want to be ska, yeah, this is what we got to play. Yeah, you got to play. We're ska, yeah, not fuck, yeah. Yeah, that's dope. Funk, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I was telling him, oh, I can bring my cello in, I can pluck it, you know, whatever. Dope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Play the sax, and they just, no, 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 we want to play this. But it was more funk. Hmm. Ideas didn't match. Ended up getting kicked out of the band, just Aww. like School of Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we came, after that, I was just like, no, I don't want to play in any bands anymore. Fuck that shit. Mm. I just want to do my own thing. You know, whatever. So I did for a lot, a lot of years and stuff. And um, the saxo is probably the instrument that I love the most. My dream is to get a chrome sax with lambskin keys. Nice. One day, one day. 
I'm like, Kat, you work with her? <laughs> I know. She's like way too cool, right? Hearing her speak, I'm like, dude, she's totally one of us. I feel like, I feel lame talking to her. You want to take over, girl? <laughs> Yvonne Chaos? <laughs> so uh, this is Yvonne featuring Hazy Chaos. <laughs> For real, I'm like, No, Wait. like after listening to like the podcast, Scary Encounters, I felt like such an idiot because I literally go up to Cat Chaos and I'm like, do you really know these bands? You just like talk to them. Like you're just like, so she cool did. With them. She did. She walked up to my desk and I was like, yeah, yeah, there are friends We're you know, cause I don't, I don't talk much at work, you know, about shit. And she's like, but really do you, don't. but do you really know them though? <laughs> like, yeah. Cause I guess a lot of the stuff that I like grew up listening to, like bite me Bambi, like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, I had fucking wet dreams about that shit. Like, <laughs> you ain't the only one girl. <laughs> dude, No lie. I was just like, Oh my God. Like, dude, like you're just talking all chill. Like yeah. it's just a regular fucking Tuesday. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know it's really cool. Uh, Talina, let us borrow her book. Um, chase darkness with me and uh that's a billy jensen book yeah she literally mailed it to us that's we, dope we read it and then mailed it back like it was like total like book club <laughs> shit you know it's like netflix yeah in the beginning, yeah they would mail remember you the that DVDs and like, like, mail yeah. them back. but like a pen pile yeah or a pen a book pal book pal book buddy yeah. how about that and, yeah. we could totally make that happen <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, yeah but that was fucking cool you know because she showed us that book and like yeah i mean it's been on our list to read and yeah or like you said, Bite Me Bambi, fucking Talina descend us that book. We're like, oh my God. Yeah, we felt all cool. <laughs> like, like uh, what? She touched that? Where is it? Right? <laughs> She's amazing. She's fucking talented as fuck. And that band is amazing. Like, oh my God. They are amazing. on point. Yep. On point. Yeah, dude. Shout out to Talina. You're, you're and Mike. And Mike. And Mike, for sure. Real ones, for sure. Mm-hmm. That was a fun one. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What other bands were you introduced to from this podcast? Um, I that swine. You oh, you like swine? Yeah, swine. Yeah. It was, it was more of a a recent mm-hmm. where I think about probably like two years ago or so. I started listening to swine. I was like, all right, oh shit, I dig it. So it was weird that I ended up hearing them like oh, on your damn. podcast, just talking like regular fucking people yeah. once again. Fuck, that's there fucking <laughs> we're all regular people, dude. I, every time we like we're editing that episode or like putting in their intro, I was always like, blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah, <laughs> I swear to God, like every couple minutes. That song, dude. That song's dope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was full. That song just stuck in my head. Yeah. I, was, I was either Wake cooking up. my chicken or Wake some up. shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know Wake all up. random. She would start screaming like that. I'm like, oh my god, this yeah. girl. But they're you know, dope. even your last episode, uh, Hannah Tidy. Oh shit, and dude! I was, I went up to her and I was like, wait is this who was on your podcast? Like, I was like, dude, like I have them on my audible. Yeah. Like, I told, I told them and they were like, what dope. Like they were all super stoked about it. And I was like, hell yeah. I think yeah. she's one of us, dude. Yeah. Like <laughs> fucking, <laughs> fucking Hannah J. Tidy. Hannah J. Tidy. Yeah. Uh, from Night, Night Terror. Terror Productions. Publishing. Mm-hmm. Publishing. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Night Terror <laughs> Publishing. Yeah. yeah. But it was crazy. She did walk up to my desk and she's like, Hey, um, that was a good one. Because I guess you get notified when we have new episodes, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she goes, that was a good one. But, hey, is this is it Hannah J. Tidy? And I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. I was like, yeah, dude. She goes, look at my Audible fucking, like, what is it? Wish list or something? 
No, it was it was my Audible books that I purchased. Oh, purchased. And stuff that I've listened to yeah. and everything. And I was like, is this the same person? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, that's dope. <laughs> totally. Yeah. They were really excited about that. That's cool. Shout out to them. Voided and yeah. Night Terror. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of like, because uh, like you guys talked about it in the past, like how like scary things like I mean I grew up on like Child's Play, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, mm-hmm. all of those kind of horror movies and to me those are just more entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's the real life experiences yeah, and I, I know you talked about a lot how uh, strangers yes. scare the shit out of you. Yes, yeah. I always and talk about that. That's shit. another movie that I was just like, dude, like I could just be cooking in the kitchen mm-hmm. and not notice something yeah. because because I'm very sensitive to like vibes and the energies. spirit world and yeah. energies and sometimes I see things from the corner of my eye and I just know just to ignore it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what if that's like an actual person yeah. coming to freaking take over my household? You yeah, know, and dude. Stuff. And so for me, that was an extremely scary movie. Yeah. Just like, because it's real life. It's, Home invasion. Yeah. It's yeah. so real. Like, remember that part where I think we posted it where she's doing something and in the back in the background he's just fucking standing there mm-hmm. yeah. in his fucking suit and his potato sack fucking mask <laughs> and i'm like oh my god oh my god and then he just disappears he doesn't even do anything crazy he's just standing there but she has no idea well that's the no. creepy part and because that fucking it, it's just so scary like think dude. about it what if there's somebody standing in that corner right now right now like, like right behind yvonne hand. imagine well, no not only that the scariest part for me was when they were asked, why are you doing this? Oh, my God, and he's girl. Like, because, because we want to. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, because you were home. Oh, because, because you were, were home. home. Yeah. Right, yeah. And it's like, man, that makes you not want to answer the door. Exactly. Okay. And, it's like, and that's the scariest part because you think you're home, you think you're safe. No, fuck that. No, Mm-mm. that's why I don't answer the door. Well, that's why you got to know where your knives are at. At all times, you gotta have a bat in the room. We do have a bat. We have we bats do. by our bed. We do, right. we do too. We do too. We do too. Fuck yeah, yeah. We have a bat. We have knives. We have yeah. Everything. We have knives on our keychains. Well, all that shit. see, I used to sleep with a butterfly knife underneath my pillow, Ooh. but there was too many close encounters. Oh, Not yeah. scary encounters, <laughs> but uh, close encounters. Yeah. Where I was like, okay, I probably shouldn't do this anymore because I think I'm a little high strung. So oh shit. I won't do that. That's scary. Imagine you chop your finger off or something. No shit. people. Oh, like, people. Yeah. Oh shit! I, I thought you like, meant. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> All right. Man. We cool. We cool. I know you. My bad. My bad. Yeah, dude. So okay. So the strangers is one on your list. What mm-hmm. other scary movies really fucking get to you? The Purge. Oh hell. Okay. Yeah. Let's get into this. We I know there's a quite a few people I like to fucking. Purge. You know what? Let me just put that out there. Let me let me put this out there. There's nobody that I would. Okay. Because I don't hate people, but. We were watching, we've been on a Selena high for the last couple days, okay? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we sure. watched the whole series, we watched the movie, we watched interviews, we Which, watched the last Which, by the concert. way, people are talking shit about the Selena series. Hold and on, hold on. No, wait. no, no, let me get into this. I... People are talking shit about the <laughs> Selena series, and you know what? I actually had a good time, and I, I was, I've been enjoying it. You know it. what, though? They're talking shit because maybe they didn't get past the first couple episodes because they were really annoying. Uh, you got to get it's something you got to get used to. And you got to just remember, keep in mind that if you're a Selena fan, you got to watch it regardless because it's her. It's in tribute of her, you know, like, I don't know. It, no, yeah, it, it that did. makes sense, because I mean, if there's a new Batman or new Superman and let's say people are talking shit about it. I mean, I'm still going to watch you're it. You're still going to watch it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to see what's up. Kind of yeah. like the way you were about the craft. Oh, fuck. Let's she still talk, had to watch it. Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Anyways, no, but 
the acting wasn't the best. The casting wasn't the best. But it was about Selena, Mm. and it made us feel some type of way. We get emotional with anything Selena-related because we love her, you know? And we got emotional even when she was just having a good time or smiling because it's like we'll never get to see her smile again. See, but I seen the the person that they cast. Selena, she was a proud Mexican-American. Yeah. And the person that plays Selena, mm-hmm. I don't know what ethnicity she is, but she looks very Puerto Rican. I don't know. Well, well then again, J Lo's Puerto Rican too, though. J Lo is Puerto Rican, but she can pass off, and she still looked very similar. Yeah. And I mean, I can't yeah. speak on the series because honestly, I haven't sat down and yeah. watched the yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, it's because of all of the bad rap it's gotten, and I don't yeah. want to be disappointed. You know what? Well, though, like, I I don't think you should like. Pay attention to everybody else. I think you should watch it for yourself. Yeah, yeah. see what um, you okay. think. I think Selena did. I mean, uh, J Lo did a great job. Amazing. Like, I think she did. Yeah, no, good. yeah, she did a great job. Yeah, uh, and then this new actress. I I'm so sorry. I don't know her. name. I don't know her name either. But like from certain profiles, like certain angles, like yeah, yeah she does have this Selena look. And you and know, you know what though? I think they were going for more of the, like. More detailed. Original Selena, like very like Latina looking and Mm. like J-Lo, she's fucking beautiful. But like, and she does have similarities, you know, Mm -hmm. but this new one has, you know, the darker complexion and more of the, that curly fucking hair that, well, you know what I mean? Selena did have that curly hair. I know. I know. And that's what I'm saying. They went for that. Early Selena had the curly hair. Exactly. And that's what they did. And in the series, not a spoiler alert. She eventually cut, cuts her hair, you know, mm-hmm. and short, and she's all more modern looking or whatever. But, you know, I, I just... Um, all I got to say is that I, I enjoyed it. We, we enjoyed it. I had we a had, good time. We had a good time, and there are I parts... Cried. There are cheesy parts <laughs> and shit like that. The first, you know, one or two epi- episodes, I was like, what the hell am I watching? Like, what is this? <laughs> it was the first episode. It was kind of slow. It but was after slow, that it and up. it was just bad acting, and I was like, why did they cast her and him? It was just weird. But we kept going. We just trusted it and we just kept going and we're i'm glad we kept going you know it, it was a good time and <laughs> but anyway so yeah i i recommend the series if you're a selena fan you know like it's a little cheesy it's a little mm, but it's it's more detailed because the movie had to like cram everything in and you know an hour and a half two hours mm-hmm. and this is way more detail you know what i'm saying and yeah it was fun it was a good time and it brought back a lot of memories for me because i was about seven eight you know when the movie came out and i remember um i was a huge fan i was i was a little girl and i had my little selena t-shirt on and my (laughs) little my little necklace you know no but it brought back a lot of memories like um just being a little girl and and i remember the movie coming out and i'd be in the room alone and i try to do her dance moves and just try to sing along and just try to be her you know and i had my nephew but he passed away at eight years old i mentioned him in the in past episodes but one memory, real quick, one memory I have with him. Um, my cousin Anna was a Selena impersonator back in the 90s. Oh, dang. Yeah, she was pretty dope. And we were kids. Me and my nephew were kids. He passed away when he was eight, so we were maybe six, seven, you know. And she did a gig, and she was doing her thing as Selena, dressed full on, you know, <laughs> Busti Caca and all, you know. Oh, <laughs> That's the name of this episode, yeah, by the way. Yeah, Busti Caca. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and... Afterwards, after her performance, you know, she was she went to the bar to get a drink or something or whatever. Maybe it was a wedding. I don't know. And my nephew walked up to her and he thought it was Selena. He thought it was the (laughs) real one. And he was like, 
all in shock, like all fan fanboying, you know? And he's all, Selena, hey, can I buy you a drink? Oh, <laughs> right. Okay. I was like, oh, little man is smooth. Okay. And my cousin looks down at him like, oh, my God. He's got moves. Right? Yeah. He literally thought it was the real Selena because he's too young to know she died, you know? Right. And she looked down at him like, oh, my God. And she wanted to cry because she was like, oh, my God, he doesn't know it's me. Because he knew <laughs> Anna, you know, he knew our cousin, but he thought it was Selena, not Anna. And, um, and yeah. she, till this day, she says that that was a memory that she cherishes forever because he passed away not long after that. <laughs> he was already trying to buy somebody a drink yeah, at Selena's. He was, he was a gentleman. A drink at said He was already new. Anything for Selena. Right? <laughs> okay. So I have, I have a lot of respect and love for her just for so many reasons. But yeah. me and my nephew used to always love her. Yeah. I, I, I can see why. But hey, let me take it back. Take you it said back. the purge. Take it back. Take oh. <laughs> so the purge. So yes. Yeah, so we're watching all this Selena stuff, right? Girl, I'll tell you something. I don't hate people. I don't. <laughs> I dislike people. You know, I'm like, I don't fuck with them. I don't fuck with their energy. But the one person I would go after, Yolanda. Yolanda. I would <laughs> go after that bitch because you know what? It's a puta. Yolanda Saldivar. She doesn't deserve to be here. She doesn't. She took our queen. Okay. <sighs> Does know. everybody agree or what? I want her to suffer. I hope she's getting fucking. I bet she's not suffering because you know they get fucking special treatment in there. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't know. I I would just think that more people would be fucking her ass up in there. Well, they yeah. have her secluded from everybody because. Hey, but low key, when that purge day does come, don't confuse her with my grandma because no, they no, kind of no. look alike. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Do they? Yeah. I won't confuse her. I won't. No, I have my Remember eye on her. Remember to ask her name first. I will. I will, dude. I'm. I don't. I don't fuck with her. We were looking up an interview with Lu Yolanda today, and I never knew this, but she straight up says that that was an accident. How the fuck was that an accident? And that her, exactly. And she straight up said that her conscience is clear. Oh. That it was an accident. And that fucked me up because I. And that, no, and that Selena was begging her not to. Not to quit. Not to quit. And. That's a lie. You're, you're my mama. Like, calling her mom. Yeah. Bitch, wow. ain't nobody calling you mom, Yolanda. Come on. Anyway, 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 all right. I hope you hear this bitch. I know. I hope. I hope she listens to this in prison. Fucking come for coming you. for you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, That's me running towards yourself. We're real passionate. <laughs> we're real passionate about that. But anywho, back to Yvonne. <laughs> nice segue, cat. Yeah. Fuck my bad, dude. So, all right, Yvonne, you um. I remember I approached you at your desk and I was like, do you have any scary encounters? Like, because I think I kind of like you. You're kind of cool, you know? <laughs> and you're right. She's fucking hella cool. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, I do. I do. And I was like, a ver. So I was like, okay, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I came home and told Liz, I was like, hey, I think she has some. Should we hit her up? I was like, well, is she cool? Yeah. All right. All right. All right. And here she is. <laughs> so what's up dude like um are they like paranormal or are they like uh, what are yeah, they about i i would say more paranormal spiritual Yikes. like around that realm okay so mostly um i get like i've been like a very like person that reads vibes you know that kind of just like and for a while i didn't understand really what vibes were i just be like ooh, i get a weird feeling you know or whatever uh those types of things but um 
which one do I want to start off with? All right, let's let's kind of rewind back. Okay. Um, to my husband and I, we had before we had our son Cash. I had uh, it's called an ectopic pregnancy, and uh, so pretty much I was pregnant, but it was in my fallopian tubes. So they had to end that pregnancy. Uh, so I had to go through everything that a person would to have uh, an abortion. I had to get a DNC, you know, and all of that stuff. They had to completely clean everything out. Um, it was to the point where I had asked a lot of questions and I was asking them, like, is there anything that I can do to save the baby? And they were pretty much saying that if I were to continue the pregnancy, eventually my fallopian tubes would burst and the baby would not be born and I would be at very high health risk factors. Wow. So um, I told them, you know, okay, well, we'll go ahead and do the DNC and do all of that, you know. So that happened right before my son, I got pregnant with my son, Cash. His name's Cash Lennon. Barnes. Nice, <laughs> nice. After Johnny Cash and John Lennon. I love, I love it. it. <laughs> but um, so he... um. I got pregnant with him shortly after. And, you know, my husband and I, we kind of like, at the, at that time we were engaged and, you know, he was my fiance. So we sat there and we kind of talked about it very briefly, but I wasn't sure that it meant as much to him as it meant to me. You know, because it's, it's a woman's body. A woman, you know, goes to this kind of stuff and you're not sure if the father is feeling the same things. So then uh, throughout the years, you know, we, we decided to go ahead and name the baby. We weren't sure if it was a boy or a girl because it was so early in a pregnancy, and we decided to name the baby Charlie because um, it was very, you know, it could be a boy or a girl, mm-hmm. you know. And then later on in the years, uh, we kind of talked about it, and he had dreams, and I had dreams, and we kind of seen that our dreams kind of were very similar on the way she looked on her personality the way that she acted, and whatnot and um when he described her and he was saying yeah you know she has long hair it's like kind of dark she's like light skin she's very playful you know this and that and I was just like as he was saying it I was like oh my god I totally picture her the same way so him and I you know we gone through kind of like a rough patch and he would always say like, yeah, like she's very playful. Like, you know, he was sleeping on the couch cause he was in the dog house. Oh, you know? oh, <laughs> we were mad at each other, whatever. And he was and like, then... yeah, like I kind of felt her like tugging at my shirt you oh, wow. know, and this and that. And I was kind of like, oh, okay. And that's when we kind of like talked about Charlie. We kind of talked about what she looked like, her personality and who she was. And um, we realized that it was very similar. So um, we were kind of like, yeah, you know, oh, that's a trip that what we had imagined she would be or what we dreamt she had be was so similar. Maybe that's who she really is, you know. And there was times um, where she would kind of come to me in my dreams and I would kind of talk to her and I had lost a child before that and I would kind of see them like playing together you know or whatever but she had this kind of like a rambunctious prankster kind of personality which I mean if she was here today would totally get along (laughs) and um 
So later on, I ended up getting pregnant of our son. We were about five months pregnant or so, and then we moved into Ontario. Ontario, California, not Ontario, Canada. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we moved into Ontario, and um, we moved into these apartments. And when we first moved into the apartments, we were like, okay, cool. You know, we have a spot for our bedroom. It was a three-bedroom place, and we only had my daughter at the time. And we decided, okay, when we first looked at the place, we're like, this is going to be our room. Obviously, the master bedroom with the bathroom and whatnot. And then this middle room, this will be like my daughter's room, you know. And then after that, this will be like his little studio and stuff where he can have like his instruments and record, um, you know, all of that good stuff. His studio. Yeah. So we were like, all right, cool. And for some reason, we moved into this apartment. And um, as we're moving stuff in, because, you know, we have friends and stuff helping us move our things in. And for some reason, at the last minute, I was like, oh, no, move Lila's stuff, which is my daughter. I was like, move Lila's stuff over here. And it was the place where we originally had said that it was a studio. I don't know why. I just decided to change it. And so we started moving Lila's stuff into there. We moved his studio into the room that we originally said that was Lila's room. And, um, you know, we kind of just did our thing or whatever. But I always had a weird feeling about that place. And I kind of thought, well, um, maybe the presence that I feel is just Charlie. You know, like she's kind of like moving with us, you know. Okay. And so I was kind of like, all right, you know, we did our thing. We kind of got settled in. And then, remind you, at the time I was five months pregnant. And then all of a sudden my daughter Lila came up and she was like, oh, yeah. She started talking about her friend Malachi. And I was just like, oh, I'm excuse me, it's not Malachi, it's Malika. Okay. And <laughs> I was kind of like, okay, that's an odd name. You know, um, she was little at the time. At the time, she was about two, a little over two or so. And so she watched her little, like, you know, her door, the Explorer, Bubble Guppies, like all her little shows. And I remember watching her shows with her, like, who's named Malika? Like, where does she get that name from? It's such an odd name, mm-hmm. you know? It's different, yeah. Yeah, so then um, she had her um, appointment coming up for her yearly checkup, you know, and I kind of talked to the doctor, like, yeah, she has this imaginary friend. Is that normal? And the doctor was like, well, you're pregnant. You guys are moving into a new place. Sometimes kids kind of come up with an imaginary friend because they want to feel relevant. Like, they're still, like, you know, they have a companion. They have someone to kind of come on the journey with them, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, my daughter was very, like, much into tea parties, She would have, like, her little tea set. She had her little table in her room, and she would set up her stuffed animals, you know, and she would talk to them, you know. She had all her little names for her stuffed animals and everything, and she'd talk to them and have her little tea parties, and sometimes I'd be participating in the tea parties with her, you know, and it was kind of like normal kid stuff. Mm -hmm. And then um, little by little, we started noticing, like, all of these little things where it was like, is this her imaginary friend? Because it wasn't like, you know, you kind of see like TV shows, you kind of see movies where it's like, oh, I'll set a place for my imaginary friend and they want to eat too and they want extra snacks. You know, it wasn't really like that. She just always mentioned him in her playtime. So then I remember um, 
after we got settled in, since she had her own room, I would tell her good night. I'd give her a kiss, tell her I love you, lay her down to bed, turn off the lights, like, okay, it's bedtime. And I remember one night I was walking through the hallway and I heard her talking and talking and talking away. And I went into her room and I was like, okay, it's time to go to bed. You have to go to sleep now. And she was like, oh, I'm just talking to Malika and this and that and blah, blah. I was like, okay, tell Malika it's time to go to sleep now, you know, whatever. And then that was the first time. The second time, I'm kind of like listening, and I hear her still talking or whatever, so I get a little bit more stern with her. And I'm like, Lila, it's time to go to bed. That's it. You know, you need to go to sleep. It's already 8.30, you know, blah, 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 this and that. I start giving her the whole spiel, and she's like, okay, Mom. So I close the door. The third time I'm walking down the hallway trying to listen just to see if she was going to bed or not. And I hear her saying, no, Malika, you're going to get me in trouble. I need to go to sleep now. Wow. No, my mom's going to get mad. So after that, I was like, fuck it. I don't care what time she goes to bed. I'm not going back in there. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you're on your own kid. Yeah, because that kind of like freaked me out, you know, yeah, yeah, totally. So I was just like, oh, well, that's kind of weird, you know. So then, of course, like, because we had Kaiser, you know, so I'm, you can email the doctor and stuff. So I emailed the doctor, like, you know, she has this imaginary friend. She's talking to him as if he's real, even when people aren't around. And he's just kind of like, it's normal kid stuff, you know. So you put so much trust into these doctors, and you're kind of like, okay, what, what they say is completely correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of like, all right, fine. So then... You know, the regular little things, like she would do small little things like, okay, we're watching this show. Okay, at the time it was like, oh, so was like this little like bear, this cartoon bear, you know. And she's like, oh, no, Malika still wants to watch it. It's like, no, we're turning this off. It's time to go to bed now or it's time to take a nap. You know, so I was just kind of like, whatever, like she's just saying Malika wants it because she wants it, you know. And then um, because at the time she was already two, so she would. She was into this whole thing where, like, I don't want to take baths anymore. Like, I want to take showers. Mm. So I was like, all right, cool. So she would take showers, but I would still, like, um, monitor the temperature before she gets into the shower and make sure it was nice and cool. You know, she would kind of do her thing in there, and then, you know, I would help her when she gets out and whatnot. So I'm sitting there, like, with my hand underneath the shower head, making sure that it's warm. And all of a sudden, she starts laughing. And I look back, like, what are you laughing at, you know? And she's like, oh, Malika told me that I should push you in the shower, but, you know, I know that you wouldn't like that. And she was, like, laughing. So I was like, oh, hell no. Oh, my God. (laughs) So I'm just kind of like, bitch, get in the shower. It's good. (laughs) I'll be out here. You do your thing, you know, whatever. So it was like a bunch of, like, weird uh, little things, you know? So after that whole shower incident, I started asking her more questions about Malika. What does he look like? What is he like? What do you guys play? Like those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So at two years old, she got very descriptive. And her description of Malika had not changed till this day. And she had said, he's a brown boy, but he has a darker brown jacket and it's, it has buttons on it, and it's buttoned all the way up. And at the time, we had um, a table. We had a round table, and in the middle, it was kind of t- uh, tile. And on the outsides, it was wood. 
it was like outlined in wood. So um, she had said, well, on his shoes, it's kind of like the table. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, yeah, his shoes, like he kind of has a little piece of the table underneath his shoes. Hmm. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. So I started looking up like old school shoes, you know, and apparently like a long time ago, they used to have like a piece of wood for the heel of their shoe. So I was kind of like, oh, well, that's kind of weird, you know, but her description, I had asked her like months later and her description of Malika had never changed. It was always, he was a brown boy with a brown jacket, buttoned up with shoes with a little piece of the table, you know, underneath his shoes, you know, whatever. And, um, but she had said like he was all brown, but his skin was like darker brown. Hmm. And I was just like, okay. And um, throughout the time when we lived there, we were kind of like, you know, little things that she'll be like, oh, no, well, Malika wants this or, oh, no. And she'll be talking and talking and talking. And sometimes she would just stop when I would come into the room. And I'll be like, who are you talking to? She was like, oh, I was talking to Malika, but I can't talk to him in front of you. Mm. And so I was kind of like, okay, that's kind of weird. Yeah. So, um my husband's cousins would come and visit at the time. And um, they had this small little chihuahua. Her name was Babe. And that was like their little daughter at the time. She was so cute. And she would come. She already knew our apartment. She like ran up to our apartment and stuff. And um, she would not go into Lila's room ever. And I have a strong belief that like um, animals have a very like sense about those types mm-hmm. of things, you know. Yeah, so then um, she would not, we would put treats, treats that she would love, that she would die for and go crazy for, and we would put them just into the walkway of my daughter's room, and she would not cross a certain line. And every time Lila would go into her room, she'd be barking, and she would be like, like a scared bark. You know how like kids have certain cries, like they're hungry, they're sad, they're whatever, you know their cries? Mm -hmm. Animals have certain barks. And, you know, and it was almost like a scared bark. Mm. Like she would not want Lila to go into the room. And she would never cross the line into Lila's room ever. Wow. And so it was like a trip. So we were kind of like, okay, whatever. We kind of wrote it out. So we ended up moving. We moved from Ontario to Rancho. And um, when we moved into our Rancho place, You know, Lila was kind of like, you know, doing her own thing, whatever. She was kind of like playing. At this time, she was a little over three. I already had my son, Cash. And, um, you know, she was kind of like getting used to the new baby and whatever. And then we moved into our new place in Rancho. And I had asked her one time, like, I haven't really heard you talking to Malika. Like, you know, does he still come around and this and that? And she was like, oh, no, Mom. Now when I talk to Malika, I just pretend. Because Malika lives in our old place. He can never leave. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, so I was just kind of like, oh, so then. I don't know if that was like a true, like, spirit kind of coming to her. Because kids are a little more open to those kinds of things. I've heard that, yeah. Or, um, you know, but it was always kind of like a a thing. And it, it was a very short time in our rancho place that she... Um, would kind of like talk to him, but it only lasted, I would say like a few weeks. Like once we were settled into that place and unpacking and whatnot, she never mentioned him again. She never talked about him again. 
she never would ever. So it was just like, it was so weird, you know, that um, the fact that she said like, oh no, like, no, he lives at our old place. Like he can't leave there. Like she knew the difference between like pretending and not pretending by saying the fact that like, oh no, I'm just pretending now. So it was like a little bit odd. No, totally. That's, um, it's really sad actually to hear that story. It's cause, um, I mean, the way I look at things, it's like, imagine being a kid and being stuck in a house mm-hmm. where you passed away and you can't leave it. And then you finally meet another kid that can see you and you're just having yeah. fun and having, uh, that, that connections. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. that connection you're yeah. playing and the fact that your daughter didn't see him after that yeah yeah and it was just it was odd and that place kind of never felt right like you know you go you move into certain places and you kind of get settled in and it feels like home yeah like that place kind of just never felt like home did you ever did you ever ask the realtor or anybody that like I mean the landlord if somebody passed away there I didn't and to this day because the funny thing is that we were looking for apartments and like my credit was fucked up or whatever because I had stuff from like previous stuff and um the actual people that rented out the place was friends of my husband and his wife was the one who worked in the manager's office and who was able to rent us out the apartment Mm -hmm. and honestly like I never had asked her that because I was afraid of the answer (laughs) yeah you know and like like I said, I always felt like a presence there. I always f- didn't feel like it was home. But I thought that it was because of Charlie. Yeah. You know, our daughter, well, presumed daughter, <laughs> yeah. that we had lost before Cash, our son. Mm-hmm. And um, I just kind of thought that it was that. And, like, it was a, a kind of tumultuous part in our relationship between my husband and I, because we had a new baby and we were trying to figure out where we fit, you know, in our relationship and whatnot. And there was like a lot of things going on. So I thought, well, maybe it's because of that. Like, I don't feel settled or maybe it was because, you know, like it was Charlie, like kind of coming in, like I felt like this kind of presence, but even when I would go into my daughter's room, Mm -hmm. like I would just feel this feeling of just, um, and it wasn't like a like a calm feeling. It was more of like a conflicting kind of um, uneasy. Yeah, very uneasy. Very like, you know, oh, I don't, I don't really know how I feel about this. Unsettling. But it was only in her room, wow. and it wasn't in anywhere else in in the apartment. And um, so, like, I truly believe that there was somebody there. Like, there was some type of presence, or you know, like. Malachi, maybe his name was Malachi because that's a little bit more common, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe she just got it wrong because she was two. But um, to this day, like, we've never known anyone with that name, like, personally known anyone, anyone in, like, her TV shows, the program she watched at that time or anything. Like, like it was where, just so Where odd. else would she get that name from, right? Exactly. Like, it wasn't a common name like yeah. Alex or John or it was such an odd name. And then for her at two years old to be so descriptive and to stick with that description, like that description never changed. 
it was always like, no, like this is, this is who he is. This is what he looks like. And I feel like if it was something like an imaginative type of thing where it was just Mm -hmm. an imaginary friend, there would be some kind of break like, oh, sometimes he wore a red sweater or this or that. But it just it never changed. Well, not just that. It's the fact that you guys moved houses and he, he wasn't able to come. Right. And and she yeah. knew the difference between like, oh, no, I'm just pretending now. But he's at the other place like he's actually at the other place, he's you know, there, poor baby. Yeah. And it was like it was. It was sad, but at the same time, like... At the same time, though, it's kind of scary because he wanted her to push you in the shower. Yeah, and it was kind of like... It's like, wait a minute. It was like, was he playful, like in an innocent kind of way? That's or not was innocent. he, like, not innocent? It's when I heard Malika, like, I thought of Malachi, you know, yeah. Children yeah. of Corn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, that type of thing. But, like, I wasn't, like, totally, like... Like, oh, my God, I got to research this name. I was more like, what happened in this apartment? Yeah, Do you totally. know what I mean? Because it's all about like, the land. If I've it, said it really before. is, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. That's because, sad. like, it's just kind of like, like, because the way she described his shoes and the fact oh. that she said, like, it had a piece of the table when I had researched it, that was something that was, like, towards, like, the 1920s depression it was like common era. back then yeah back then so i was kind of like okay yeah. these apartments haven't been around that but long the land has what were they built upon yeah exactly you know that's I mean? pretty crazy totally that's interesting yeah but it was just kind of oh. like very like weird you know Fuck, that's so scary i'm like bittersweet about this because i'm like oh poor guy and then i'm like wait dude like he wanted to hurt you kind of like, well i mean everybody can play pranks nah dude pushing someone but in then the shower too, like they say sometimes like spirits will like kind of act like emulate, children like, yeah, not. like a children just because they want what to kind of kid pushes you in the shower i mean girl I mean, it's that's why I'm not having kids. Okay, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You have a cat, and she'd be very she offended. Can, she right ain't gonna push me in the shower. She might. She, no, might. she would never. Her paws are pretty strong. Yeah. Never. <laughs> She's like, it's your turn to take a bath, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Oh man. Yeah. So it's just like really weird. But like, when I feel Charlie, it doesn't feel like an unsettling type of presence. It feels more like a comforting type of presence like it's it's easy for me to distinguish between the two yeah you know our I've had dreams or I've had you know whatever and it's more of a comforting feeling rather than in conflicting uh, unsettling feeling you know so I feel like now I know the difference between the two although back then I wasn't sure like I just felt kind of like a presence like I said like I've always been kind of like a little bit, um, I guess, sensitive to, like, vibes and, like, the spiritual world. Like, there's sometimes where, like, I'll just completely, like, go somewhere and be like, it just doesn't feel right. Exactly. You once know? you know how to, once you um, accept the gift of being able to read energies and feel energies, you understand the difference between good and bad, you know, and not just like, oh, it feels weird. You yeah. know, like, it just feels weird. It's like, nope, I'm walking in here and it doesn't feel right. And then you just walk right out. Or you walk in and you're like, oh, I feel comfort. Like, this is good, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, once like, you once you accept it and once you um, understand it, 
Mm-hmm. It just makes sense. Anyway, that was crazy. R.I.P. R.I.P. Malik. I need Malachi. to get my my chocolates balance. That I was a crazy one. I don't know, man. Like kids and pets are very. I feel like they're very sensitive to shit like that. Yeah, definitely. I feel like they're um, because they're more open minded. I yeah. feel like they don't know. They're just more pure. Yeah, it, it's that innocence. Exactly. Yeah, the innocence. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, and it's um, it's pretty trippy. Like, yeah. sometimes people will look up in the corner and I'm like, what are you looking at, girl? Tell me. You know I think I mean? it's because that they don't know that it is a weird thing. Yeah. They just accept it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, cause they, I, just, they don't know better. Yeah. Like, my husband's grandma had passed away a little bit before our son was born. And I swear, like, he would be in his walker sometimes just following shit. Oh, yeah. And looking up and just totally engaged, laughing, playing, and just looking up and following something you know from when he was really little up until the time he was in the walker and we just kind of were like oh grandma priscilla's coming to visit him yeah um it's another story okay so you're you're saying you have another story right yeah um so i used to work in the morgue so right out of high school i decided that i wanted to go into forensics because like real life like we talked about like real life is a little more scarier real life murder Mm -hmm. you know those types of things and that kind of like intrigued me so that got me into the forensic world Mm -hmm. so right out of high school i graduated when i was 16 and um i started looking into different forensic careers one of the ones that i fell into was entomology now with the entomology side of forensics it's when they find dead bodies and they look at all of the insects and flies and whatnot okay. and how much oh, they've aged yeah. to decide how long the body has been sitting there. Yeah, it's also like um, it depends on different parts of the world, too. Right. That exactly. attracts certain insects. Yeah, I know exactly, exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So originally um, that kind of like came into my lap because I was looking at things like lividity where the blood settles depending on how the body was laid after it has passed for how many hours and whatnot and that was kind of interesting to me but the whole thing of like knowing how long the body has been in this certain part depending on the amount of insects and animals and whatnot are living on them and so that kind of thing kind of intrigued me because by that you can tell deciding on how long the body has passed to how long it's been there if the body was moved you know how long it's actually been in that environment yeah and that was extremely intriguing to me so originally I had went to college for uh, forensics on the entomology side Mm -hmm. and you know because I was in that kind of field I started working at the morgue and um you know I had gotten pretty familiar with things around there um I because it was a very small morgue it wasn't like a a big like corporate or anything like, like that. LA. It was, yeah, exactly. It was a very small like business owned morgue. Hometown. Mm-hmm. I was able to like do the makeup on the bodies um, before um, the actual viewings and stuff for their families and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, mostly that was just like blocking out, like getting the skin color right, making it look more natural. Not really like doing makeup, like cosmetology, like you would think, like, ooh, doing like badass cat eyes and eyeshadow and this and that and making sure the eyebrows are on point you know it wasn't so much as that it was just making them look alive okay and um I kind of I would mix the embalming fluids and stuff like that I wouldn't actually do the incisions of the embalming 
but I would mix them and I'd put them through the machines and everything and get them ready for like embalming and do like the makeup and stuff like that. So because of that, I was around a lot of dead bodies because I figured, well, if I'm going to be in forensics on the entomology side, I need to be very comfortable with, um, you know, bodies that have already passed. Totally. And um, this was also at a very pivotal moment in my life when my grandmother had passed away and um, her and I were like very close and everything. And, um, you know, so there was a lot of things going on in my personal life. And, you know, so I was kind of like working in the morgue, kind of like doing my thing or whatever. But there was like certain times where certain people would come in who have passed and I would like to name them. I would always ask, what's their name? You know, because to me that was important because if I were to be gone, I would want them to know who I was, you know, and um, I would always look at their charts. I'd always be like, okay, you know, and like yeah, personally, like they were an actual person. Exactly. And I feel like you have to give the respect where the respect totally. is due. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like <laughs> I'm just like, you know, that's just like who I am. So like I wanted to give the person who I was working on, who I was blocking out their makeup, finding the natural skin color, looking at their own picture, you know, whatever. I wanted to give them a name. So I would kind of, like, talk to them, but not in a sense like I was, like, talking to them, but just, like, kind of, like, okay, we're going to do this to you, we're going to do that to you, as if I was doing, like, live makeup. So I would kind of, like, be doing that. You're walking them through it. Yeah, exactly. Just because, like, I would feel like if they were here with us, like, I would give them that same consideration if I was doing a live person's makeup. I love that. And, you know, I would kind of be doing my thing or whatever. And then um, I would learn about certain things, like when rigor mortis would set in. Because at first, the settling hand raise oh, yeah. or the sitting up. I've had like, <gasps> people sitting up as I'm doing their makeup. Shut and up. it's just like what they would tell me in the morgue. It's, it's just them like settling in. It's what? a twitch. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's very common, actually. Because they would, yeah, Yeah. they would kind of like explain um, er, this world is full of energy and the energy has to go somewhere. And even though they've passed, rigor mortis sets in and the energy kind of still passes to their body. Yeah. You know, so it's also like gases, right? Yeah, it's also gases. It's also fluids. uh It's also um, like pent up kind of. aeration like liquids yeah all yeah. that stuff you know because like your stomach acids and everything yeah and even though like by the time i would get to them they would already like deal with their stomach gases and everything yeah. and you know they have to take out their intestines and like certain parts oh. just because of certain smells and whatnot mm-hmm. and um that would already be done but they would say sometimes those things would be lingering inside of their body and it would set them to do certain things so i kind of just accepted it like okay if I'm doing somebody's makeup, their lipstick smears because they decided to just sit up oh all of a sudden God. or raise a hand or move in any type of way. I would just kind of be like, okay, cool. And my thing is like music. I've always been comforted by music. Mm-hmm. So I'd have my music on. I'd have whatever. I'd be talking to them. I'd kind of be like in my own world with them, you know. But there would be certain times like certain bodies would come in that have been like into car wrecks or have been into um, because my thing is like I would always look at their death certificates and I would always honor the way that they have passed or what their death certificates say that they have passed. Whether it was due to a heart attack, whether it was due to a car accident, whether it was due to, you know, whatever. 
And I yeah. would acknowledge that and kind of move on. Because like I said, I'm very like spiritual person. And um, there was like a couple of times, you know, where I had this woman. She came in and it was a domestic violence case. Where they said that she had passed away because, you know, it was like some domestic violence dispute or whatnot mm-hmm. and whatever. And she ended up passing away due to this. And I remember kind of like doing my thing, talking to her by her name, whatever, like doing her makeup and stuff. But there, her facial expression changed where when you pass away, if you have a certain facial expression, sometimes that facial expression is left on the face and they have to kind of, I guess you would kind of say like rearrange their skin on their face to kind of make them look normal for the funeral Mm -hmm. and whatnot. But like as I was doing her makeup and I was particularly blocking out her skin color around her eyebrows and her eyebrows changed. And I was kind of like, like, okay, for those of you that use like, um, like makeup sponges Mm -hmm. or anything like that, a beauty blender, those types of things, like you kind of like pat the beauty blender on, but you can feel when there's a muscle difference. And I felt that difference. Like I felt that kind of, um, pushback on the, on the makeup sponge, you know? And I was kind of like, what the fuck? And then so um, there's always like a supervisor. There's always, you know, somebody like higher up or whatever. And I had kind of told them like, yeah, like, you know, I totally felt this. And then I was like, oh, no, it's just they're just settling in, you know. But then I had noticed that at the time, like, as I was talking, I was kind of saying like, oh, yeah, this and that. Like, oh, we're going to make, as I said, we're going to make you look pretty again. That's when the facial expression changed. Oh, wow. And like her, it it wasn't like the full facial expression where you would see like the eyes change, the cheeks change, the tension in the mouth. Like it was just the eyebrows. And that's the part that I was at. And I was kind of like, oh, shit. So then I kind of started talking where like, it's okay. Like, I know you had a fight. I know, but it's okay. Like, you're safe now. You're this. And by the time I was done, because I was working on other parts of the face, I hadn't noticed that the eyebrows kind of relaxed. And it was just the eyebrows. It wasn't any other part of the face. It was just the eyebrows. And, like, me personally, like, okay, cat's out of the bag. I draw my eyebrows on. (laughs) (laughs) Don't bring me into this. (laughs) I feel attacked. (laughs) (laughs) There will be days where, like, I have, like, a Buzz Lightyear day. And my eyebrows aren't exactly what no aligned. one time one time she came in and she's like oh fuck i forgot to put my eyebrows on oh yeah and i looked at her and i was like how the fuck do you do that i've <laughs> never done that before and she's yeah. like i'll be right back she goes to the restroom comes back a minute all right we're, we're good and she has eyebrows on i'm all what how all do you forget shit. i can yeah. never forget i can Dude. never forget true story <laughs> it was like oh fuck i forgot to put eyebrows on why didn't you tell me i was like oh i, Dude, know, I walked know. in there looking like a fucking chemo patient and shit. oh man oh, come on. you can make jokes because because i've done it yeah <laughs> but yeah that shit was fucked up that was dang <laughs> but that's crazy to hear that like 
her eyebrows relaxed and that's yeah. yeah like it was just it was just so weird so it's kind of like okay whatever you know what i love that you're talking to your patients that way like to hear that that's the way you treat your people it's like fuck yeah. i hope i'm treated that way <laughs> yeah well what's the word i it's don't know if i should give it's morbid his, but say his name but um i guess we could beep it out his boyfriend he works in a funeral home funeral home mm. and he cremates bodies oh okay yeah and i remember i asked him, i i didn't know what he did mm-hmm. and i was like what do you do you know because he was still working during covid and he's like oh i work blah 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 and i i cremate bodies i was like oh fuck really like how is that like tell me more yeah. he goes honestly like i treat everybody with respect and i you know what did he say he said something so amazing that I want to honor them and give them a proper, like, farewell. And he goes, I treat everybody like if it's my family. Like, you know, I don't just burn bodies. I, like, yeah. you know, I treat them with respect. And I was like, oh, my God, you're amazing. Like, That's that, dope, though. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. That just means a lot. like you, though. Like, kind of like you. You talk to them. You don't just treat them like a dead body. You treat them like, hey, Well, yeah, because I feel like in any profession, like, even if you're, when you're dealing with, like, doctors and nurses that are dealing with live people coming in every single day when you get to that point where you're just callous yeah and you're just like okay number 123 yeah number 124 yeah Yeah. and they're not actual people i feel like that's the day that you should quit your job because you're not in it to win it that's not right especially in that industry exactly and it's like yes it's a hard job yes it's hard to do and you know seeing people come in and out or whatever but the minute that you forget that they're people yeah is the minute that you That's should quit. That's someone's sister, but someone's can mom. You imagine, exactly. Can yeah. you imagine getting to that point where you're just so numb because you've seen so That's much shit? That's fucked up. That's sad. Where you, where you That's, have to turn off your emotions? I feel like, yeah, it, I feel like it follows them into every aspect of their lives, like relationships, friendships, yeah, everything. I, I just finished reading uh, the Mindhunter book. Is it made out of the series? Uh, it was uh, actually based on the actual life of the FBI agent. Oh. Yes. The series is based off of a true story. Mm-hmm. you know and uh, that fbi agent he was talking about how like his daughter like, scraped her knee and she was bleeding and the, and the mom's freaking out he's like oh she'll get over it because he's seen so much like crazier shit where like little kids get butchered yeah. like crazy to a regular person they're like oh my god you're heartless but it's like nope i just seen harder shit yeah that's yeah. tough but yeah. see you have to understand like like i tell my kids like they come to me you know with their school shit and they're like oh my god like so and so isn't friends with so and so and da 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 and they tell me the little drama and i have to treat it even though i know like oh my god these kids will not even know these other kids they're talking about in yeah. like 10 years so who gives a fuck less than that but, but they don't yeah know they don't know better. but at the end of the day today here and now that's a big deal to yeah. them yeah so i have to treat it as if it is a big deal like oh no are you serious oh my god what are you yeah. gonna do how do you feel about that you yeah know, whatever yeah. because in their world it's big to them it's everything it's and new to that them. makes it big to me because yeah. if it's big for my kids it's big for me yeah, yeah. and that's you have good. to understand like that respect to be yeah. like okay like i understand like even though like my kids' problems are not anywhere near to my problems at their age. Oh, yeah. And I can't sit there and say, oh, well, fuck you. I've been through worse when I was yeah. young. So whatever, you'll get through it. But it's like, no, that's big to them in their world. And I have to acknowledge that. Exactly. And I have to help them through that. Yeah. Because 
the way I see it is I'm not raising good kids. I'm raising functional adults at the end of the day Preach. is they have to come into the world and my son is going to one day have to deal with the family. He's going to be a husband one day. He's going to be a father one day. He's going to be part of, you know, a unit one day. Like my daughter is going to be a wife one day, you know, whatever. She's going to raise kids one day, you know, whatever it is that their dreams that they decide to do. But I'm raising functional adults. I'm not raising well-behaved children. Totally. And in order to do that, you have to foster what they're going through and make them feel strong within themselves. Even though it's something where I know at my age, 36 years old, I'm like, yeah, that ain't shit. You ain't going to know them. Fuck them. Yeah. Gives a shit. yeah but it's big to them so it's big to me well that's what you know that's they don't know that exactly because they're you know eight years old 10 years old 11 years old and it's like i can't sit there and tell them oh that ain't shit because to them it is it's yeah. like their world yeah and that's the same thing like the little girl with the scrape on her knee although mm-hmm. he's seen worse in her world that's, that's like oh my god like my fucking leg is about to fall off yeah, yeah. you know yeah. what i mean because I've she never doesn't seen know anything different blood. yeah yeah no but that's something that comes up in the book later too he's like i had to realize that just because they, they're not used to my world because who is mm-hmm. doesn't mean that i can't like understand where they're coming from like yeah it still sucks but like you know that's when it, when he realized he had to be a little more compassionate to what was around him it almost he almost mm-hmm. became numb to like real life shit where he had to check himself because his wife, like, snapped at him, you know? So he was like, oh, shit, like. That's a know. tough industry to work in when you have, you know, a significant other or family or kids or whatever because it's like, you yeah, got to. No, he ended up getting divorced. It, it, it's such a good book. You see? Like, t- no, he got. I can totally yeah. see that because, like, when I was working in the morgue, the reason why I quit was because I could not handle seeing the kids come through oh Oh, fuck yeah because the the adults you think okay they live their life they do what they had to do yeah but dealing with the specific case that i made me quit Mm -hmm. was a three-year-old little boy that was involved in a car accident that was not wearing his seatbelt and not in a car seat, got plunged through the window and was mauled everywhere. And I had to make him look like his regular self for the funeral. And it was just, I could not get over the fact of like, he didn't even get to live his life. He didn't even get to begin. He was an innocent person in this car crash and that's it like it's he's done you know it's just like I I couldn't continue that and I had to quit working at the morgue and that's exactly why I changed my major and I went from forensics to teaching I went for liberal arts on my teaching credentials because I felt like if I can make a difference in these kids' life before they get to that point before they're sitting in the morgue and before I have to make them look normal, then that's going to make the difference uh, while they're here. Because dealing with that, it was just, it was so hard to see the end of it. And I wasn't a strong enough person. And I just thought like, 
if I'm going to go into the forensic side of this, I'm going to see this shit all the time. I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know if I can get through life, like, knowing, like, you know, this person's life. Like, because I seen them as a person. It wasn't a case. It wasn't a number. It wasn't a, you know, this and this. It wasn't just so um, dry, like, cut and dry. It was an actual person, and that's how I seen it. It was just so hard for me to come to terms with that. And I thought, well, if I'm going to make a difference, it has to be while they're living. It has to be. And that's exactly why I decided to start teaching junior high kids. I taught 6th, 7th, and 8th English and music because I thought that that is a pivotal age. It is an age where they're trying to find themselves. It's a it's an age where they're trying to get to know who they are and it just takes that one teacher to get them to know, am I going to go left or am I going to go right? And am I going to be flying on the straight and arrow or am I just going to be a total fuck up, you know, for them to kind of see on, you know, who who is it that I want to be? And I thought that I can, I had more of a chance making that difference while they're alive than making them look okay for their family. Then paying your respects. yeah. And that's, that's exactly why I changed my major, you know, and there's some people and I respect those who are in the forensic field and who are cut out for it and who see that shit day in and day out. And they see it as I'm giving a voice to the people that don't have a voice. I wasn't strong enough to be able to do that. And I give them 100% respect for that. And although like I'm completely intrigued by the whole um, when I was younger, it was a freeway killer, and our apartments were right off the freeway, and we were really freaked out. Oh, like, no oh way. my god! Like, I have a window in my room. The You're freeway in that killer. area, that was, yeah, that was around your era. Mm-hmm. Shit. And um, that's when I kind of started looking into serial killers. And I was little, mind you. I wasn't like grown. <laughs> I was super small, and everybody thought I was weird and shit because I was four, five, six, going into kindergarten, first grade, obsessed with serial killers. That's really young to be obsessed. Yeah. And the reason being is because I had seen different serial killers growing up. And my first thought was they always talked about they had a hard life. They had a this, they had a that. And my first thought was, well, did they have siblings? Did their siblings create murders? Did their siblings do this or yep. do that? Why is it different for that person that created these crazy murders and not for their siblings that also lived in the house. Mm -hmm. So like growing up, you know, I didn't have the best childhood. I'm pretty sure there's people around me that had worse childhoods, but, um, definitely did not have the best. And, um, I always thought and wondered cause my brother and I were a year and a half apart and he got probably about a fourth, maybe a third of what I got. And he turned, to drugs and he turned to a life of crime and everything else and I decided to go to school and to kind of not not to say that I was a good kid I mean I sold drugs and everything else so I mean like I, mean, I wasn't <laughs> you overcame as much as you could yeah I wasn't in any way like this perfect child but I did go to college and I did try to make something of myself I was a teacher for a bit and um, I always thought why couldn't he have done the same why did he have to live this certain life and why did I choose this? What what's the difference? You know, I actually got the the harder end of it, but yet he decided to, you know, 
veer off in a whole different way. And that kind of thing in, intrigues me, like, when it comes to, like, serial killers and people that commit crimes. And it's the psychology. Like, yeah, from the, exactly, from the psychology point of view, it's like, okay, these bad things have happened in their lives, and it's like, okay, I totally get that, but why am I not a serial killer? You know what I mean? Like, because I've had a lot of bad things that happen to me, and you see a very big commonality among serial killers is they've always had these really massive head injuries. Yeah. And I've had a massive head injury. And I've also had an extremely bad childhood. Like, why am I not out there slashing people? It comes down to choice. Yeah. That's the one thing that everybody always circles back to. It's like, I I completely understand. And some people have had traumatic upbringings. But, like, it ultimately comes down to the decisions you make. But, see, that's the thing that intrigues me. Like, what in your... What's that chemical... Yeah, that... Balance... Imbalance. That causes you to yeah. make the quote-unquote right choice and yeah. the quote-unquote wrong choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's what's going to push you over that line. What's going to make you snap? <laughs> and that is a show. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. You know, but Yeah, but what? it's just like, like what? what differentiates that one yeah, person from the we'll person that know. snaps and goes over? Yeah. I feel like that's like a deep part of people's self that people don't like to explore yeah because it scares them yeah you know 100 it scares everybody but like but i feel like you need to be okay with that part in order to accept it and not go there because you know what you're trying to avoid do you know what i mean no yeah i see it and it's just kind of like okay like like i get it whatever i know how far i can go but it's like i would never want to get there like you know Moral of the story, you believe everybody has it in them. Oh, man. <laughs> Shout out to our second ever close and close to home encounter. No, that was a that was pretty fun, honestly. And um, you got pretty personal with this. Thank you. Yeah. Edit yeah. out what you need to. It's cool. Nothing. <laughs> oh, man. I had a fucking blast. You know, this is um, such a deep combo. You actually said something a little bit ago that really ties into because i'm going to read a couple um emails that we were sent before we end this episode because that's what we do with the close to homes this close to home email that we received it's from somebody that we know very well yeah we know her her i'm gonna yeah. say her my okay, bad her. my yeah. bad <laughs> no we know her very well <laughs> very and well. we've been asking her for so long uh for permission to let us tell her story yeah because we're like Please let us talk about it. Like, there's yeah. people that need to hear about this. Yeah. It, but, I mean, obviously, we respect uh, her decision. And to not. To want not. To. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we've been, we've been asking, though. Yeah. In the last episode with um, Stephanie and Alex, we requested some alien UFO abduction and stories. And she finally agreed to share her story, this person who we are speaking of. But... But she does wish to remain anonymous, which is fine. Which you we know, can respect that. Yeah, we're going to respect it. We're just happy to tell the story. Yeah, she gave us permission to share it. So um, it's pretty fucking crazy. Let us know what you think, Yvonne. Let us know. All okay? right. Are you a believer? Yeah. All right, cool. Then let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it goes. I'm willing to finally share my story with you, but I would like to remain anonymous. This took place sometime in the late 90s or early 2000s. It took place in Pico Rivera, California. My husband and I were driving our young daughter to school. 
I dropped, we dropped her off and started to drive back home. Everything seemed normal until I noticed that several cars had stopped out of nowhere on Beverly Boulevard. And so did we. I looked around and saw all the drivers staring up into the sky. I looked over at my husband and he was doing the same thing. It was as if he was paralyzed. I kept trying to get his attention, but he was stuck. He could not speak and he couldn't move. I started to get very scared and I looked up at what they were looking at and saw a huge object in the sky. It looked like a hovering spaceship. I began to get very scared. All of my adult life, I've been afraid of abduction. And I kept thinking to myself, oh my God, this is it. This is the day. It's happening. I started to panic and all of a sudden, a beam of light shot down from the object in the sky towards our car. I tried to hide under the dashboard and was screaming for help, screaming to my husband to please help me, please keep driving, but he was in a trance. He couldn't hear me and he couldn't move. I screamed I screamed at him and all of a sudden everything went black. Once I got my vision back, I noticed I woke up and there was a line of people in an odd place. Everyone was standing in a straight line facing forward as if they were waiting for something. I had no idea what was going on. Then I saw some small grayish figures approaching each person in line. They were very small, no mouth, no ears, and large eyes. It seemed like they were communicating with each other telepathically. I was so paranoid and watched as a small man shot something into the back of everyone's neck with some sort of gun that looked like a staple gun, but I'm not sure. I was so distracted and scared that I didn't even notice that one of them approached me from behind and shot my neck with it. Once it shot me, I felt myself jolt and I was back in my car with my husband. I was paranoid and scared and I was screaming. My husband looked at me and said, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? Are you okay? The scariest part of this story is that I don't remember waking up. Was it a dream or did it really happen? I don't know. But my husband doesn't remember any of it and I still don't remember waking up till this day. When people ask me if I'm a believer, I say yes. I'm a firm believer in extraterrestrial beings. They exist. In fact, I am waiting for the day when the government finally exposes them and tells us the truth. I believe that they live everywhere, among us, in the oceans, and here on Earth. I feel like some even look like us. The day will come, and they will be exposed, just you watch. And that was it. <laughs> Damn. My <Yeah>. bad. <laughs> I've heard this story before. <laughs> Plenty and of times. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been begging to share it. I wish she was iffy. But finally. We got that that green light. And it's <laughs> like, was it a dream or what? You know? It's just so descriptive. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Did if you guys have had similar experiences <laughs> out in Pico. Pico Especially in Pico. On Beverly <laughs> Boulevard. <laughs> Hit us up. It's like. <laughs> did she ever have any, um, like, 
bug bite type or like itching like in the back of her neck i know right kind of, you know what i mean Great question i don't have you <laughs> i don't know i mean that's that'd be a, like pretty interesting yeah. you know what i mean like just because of it's like just like a reaction it's just yeah. so descriptive i guess there's a rumor that like there's like a was it behind your left ear or yeah, something yeah right like some shit and like it's that. funny because i have something behind my left ear like it's a weird little rash like a weird it's funny because i that explains a lot is this my left i'm dyslexic <laughs> on this side <laughs> i always have like a bump like you under, see it's like weird ear. and it's only on one side yeah and it's just like like a bump but it's not like a like a hive or like an itchy bump but it's just yeah. always there yeah it's just weird that that story always trips me out because it's like when she tells it i've heard it in person you know and when she tells it she ain't messing around she ain't laughing she ain't smiling she's just like it's no joke I don't know what the fuck happened, but this happened, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it just trips me out because, you know, just because it's never happened to us, it doesn't mean that she's wrong or she's crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. But, and it's really sad because that's why she wants to remain anonymous. She doesn't want people to think she's crazy. But it's cool because we, we asked for alien abduction, UFO stuff in the last episode, and we got that one today. So we actually got, it wasn't an encounter, but recent, well, we actually got two of these, watch. I'm going to share this one real quick. It was from, um, it's not an encounter, like I said, but it's just kind of a kudos. She, she, um, her name is Jenny. We love Jenny. Yeah, I love Jenny. She's cool. She's, (laughs) she's, she's really dope. She messaged us just saying, can I just take a moment to say how badass you guys are? Fucking entrepreneurs over here, opening the minds of the masses and giving people a space to share stories they would be timid to share elsewhere. So much respect. It's so important that people open their minds to the spiritual world right now. I love you guys. I love that you guys took this on. I love and adore you both. That was just super sweet. Love you, Jenny. <laughs> yeah, we fucking love you too. Wait, quick story with Jenny. Uh, I was having a really tough time. And um, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I want to say I messaged her because she was doing her, uh, her readings. Yeah. And... I was like, you know, I'm having a hard time and I just, I, sh- I just need some answers. Like I, I need guidance. And she pulled out some cards for me and they ended up being super accurate. Really? I didn't know that. I know. I don't oh. know why I never told you. It's nice. just, okay. yeah, I was going through a tough time and yeah. I reached out to Jenny and she fucking helped me out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's one more I want to read. I, and I want to announce that we're going to take a quick break after this um episode for a couple weeks yeah um for the holidays and such and we'll come back in january of 2021 which hopefully is a better year for everybody (laughs) we want to um share this and we also wanted to share and give appreciation to we got our first um what is it how do you say it monthly monthly subscription or slash uh, like a patron uh, yeah where um because there's an option to to donate to our podcast to keep going uh like a monthly subscription and we got our first one recently and And as you guys already know we don't do this for a living as much as we would love to (laughs) yeah we 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 started it honestly just because we're very interested in the subjects and the topics but as you know we're 10 episodes in plus two um close to home um episodes now 
but we started to realize that it this is just this is more than just being interested and interest interesting um we're we, getting a lot of people to open up yeah. and share their experiences and you know it's we're creating a safe space for that mm-hmm. yeah i feel like yeah we have been creating a safe space and um a lot of people have been expressing their appreciation towards us because they can't you can't talk about this stuff with just anybody without being judged or Word. whatever and um this email that i'm about to read it really expresses everything that i'm talking about right now and it's it was just really um it really, it really i feel like it's the perfect way to end yeah yeah this kind of series until we come back from our break yeah we'll be back we'll have more bands and artists and close to homes but oh yeah but um we just want to um thank you guys for listening and just <laughs> accepting our fucking weirdness and just fucking just know you're not alone dude and we all experience weird shit and we're we're weird ourselves and and we would really appreciate if you just shared this with your friends because you don't know what they're going through and if maybe they need an outlet to either write to us to speak about or maybe ask questions or even just listen in to know that they're not alone yeah so if you know if you can just you know spread the word uh subscribe to our podcast and um uh yeah let us know if you want us to keep going or not (laughs) (laughs) how about that (laughs) no but we're gonna end it with this um it was an email sent to us today and uh it starts like this i'm writing in to just express my appreciation to you both for starting this podcast this is a fascinating subject and i encourage anyone who has had a scary or odd encounter to please put any fears aside and tell your story don't feel alone I can guarantee that people across the earth from every generation has experienced something or knows someone that has. I have been considered weird for a very long time, and I have internal wounds from being judged for it. Girl, I do too. <laughs> shit. Preach. Right? One that that hit me. That hit me for shit. Sure. Um, what has happened to you may not be the norm, and you may be looked down on for experiencing something or believing something that someone else has not experienced or does not believe in. That does not make you wrong or weird. Do not be scared to talk about it. I want to mention that some of the most vicious people are religious people. People have been ridiculed for being different. Religious people judge others for not believing what they believe in, and that is not okay. That's, it's so real. It's so Preach. true. I'm sorry. It's so true, dude. Yep. Um, I'm getting a little emotional. Uh, I know, I know that from what I have, ex- I know that from what I have experienced, the encounters I've experienced, I was afraid and I felt shook to my core, but, it, but it's good to talk about it. The universe is so huge. What you both share on this podcast is fascinating, is a fascinating subject. And I want to applaud you girls for starting this and creating a safe place for people who feel alone. I would like to remain anonymous. I'm not the one who needs the praise and recognition here. Like, that fucking, honestly, like. Is that the way it ended? Yeah. Wow. Well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, why not put your name on that? But it's like, thank you, you know? Yeah. And it's so true, man. And I we I don't, I don't talk down on any religion or anything like that. But when you're when I don't know, it's 
No, I think at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter what you practice. If you're judging other people and you're saying what they should do, it's what you feel you need to do. You go ahead and do that. Yeah. But when you start telling other people what they need to do, I think that's when there's a problem. Yeah. What this person said in this email is just spot on. And yeah, it is. It's, um, I'm glad that people feel that, that way about us. I didn't, I didn't really give us enough credit, I guess, you know? No, I didn't know we were, um, I don't know. Just <laughs> I just didn't think we were, um, had that much of an impact. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I didn't think either. I didn't because I'm just doing it. Cause I'm like, I, I like, ghost stories and we're gen we're, gen <laughs> <laughs> but we're genuinely intrigued in yeah. everybody's story because we've had our own and it feels good to not feel alone yeah it does i think that's what it is it's a i think it's people so that have been sensitive to those types of things that have been ridiculed and looked yeah. down upon like, like he, oh like, what the fuck yeah. like you're weird you're this and finally mm -hmm. finding someone like you're like oh shit like there's other people that have dealt with this or there's other people that have seen this like, okay, I'm not crazy or I'm not this or, you know, it's not a, it's not a made up thing or yeah. it's not a, it you really know, whatever. Isn't. Yeah. Just I know what I saw and I know what I've experienced. Yeah. yeah. And just Cause when you know, you know, Fuck yeah. Yeah, you just really do. Somebody doesn't, hasn't experienced what you have or doesn't believe in what you believe in. Doesn't mean you're wrong. Doesn't mean right. you're, you know, and I feel like, that's what people need to learn nowadays. It's like people judge too much, man. We got you, baby. Yeah, we got <laughs> you. We got you, boo-boo. <laughs> no, but seriously, um, we're going to take a, a break for a couple weeks, and we'll be back. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back next year. Uh, thank you, Yvonne, for being a part of today's episode. We're so happy to end this with you. Your stories were fucking amazing. Thank you for being a part of this. Your vibes were cool. Fuck yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah. And um, good night. Bye, y'all. Have a good one. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy, Happy Kwanzaa. Hanukkah. All that, because we accept Whatever you all. Whatever the fuck you celebrate. Yep. We accept you all. We love you. <laughs> okay, bye. Ta-ta. Ciao. We want to thank you for tuning in to our recent Scary Encounter with Hazy Chaos. We hope you enjoyed it. If you are not an artist or musician but would like to share a scary encounter you've experienced, please contact us via email at hazy.chaos at yahoo.com for a chance to be featured on one of our close-to-home episodes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe.